Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And in the studio today, Dave Alexander, that's me, and Dr. Franklin Weefold. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Had a uh, very interesting week. We'll talk about later on in our shout-outs. We had excitement in the office. We don't like excitement in well, a you know, medical that's office. I tell my patients, you know, when after 15 years and they've had no other heart problems, I say, yeah. you know, you become a boring patient. And they look at me <laughs> like, what do you mean? Boring is good. That good. means you don't have heart problems, your blood pressure's under yeah. control, and your cholesterol is good. And okay. 15 years later, yeah. no more problems. That's good. Yeah, it's great. That's good. We're going to talk about my situation. I'm actually having a test tomorrow. Yeah. Two tests. Two tests. And they're Uh-oh. cardiac. Um, we're going to talk about a breakthrough, no, a breathalyzer that might even diagnose common conditions. Yeah, so the cop pulls you over. That's right. And says, here's your breathalyzer test. And yeah. then yeah. he says, oh, by the way, you've got strep throat, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a possibility. Stage three continues in North Carolina. Rose Hoban with North Carolina Health News will be on talking about that. We're going to talk about masks. But first, the most important story of the day, there is a possibility for pig-to-human transplant. Pig-to-human transplant. Tell me about this. Remember Arnold Ziffel? I do. I do. Whoever grew up in the 60s and 70s, my yeah. favorite pig of all time. Arnold Ziffel? He was Ziffel? brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he would walk around, you know, and, and he, would, he would communicate. Well, they have now been in development for the last, I don't know, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Because organs for transplant are so, are so scarce. I mean, we don't have enough human organs. That's right. So grow them. So what they try Ugh. to do is grow a heart in the lab. Eh, ain't working too good. But somebody had the brilliant idea of saying, what if we could take a pig heart? And you know why pigs? Because they're the exact size we need. Okay? Oh, okay. So for babies, you can get baby pigs. You can, you know, for big guys like me, they can yeah. get, you know, those mega pigs that you capture in the forest. <laughs> you know? But what they've done is genetic engineering. So they've taken DNA from humans Oh, yes. And transplants are difficult because they're foreign material. So the body recognizes a pig heart like it recognizes a bacteria, foreign matter, or a virus. So they've taken the special proteins that on humans make it so we can't um, react against them because they're us. Okay. And so they get rid of the pig ones that say, I'm a pig, I'm Arnold Ziffel, attack me. Instead, they mask it and say, I'm a human, leave me alone. And they've just about perfected this. And so in coming days, they're going to be starting the trials to see if they could transplant a, and I'm going to call this a modified pig heart, a human pig. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic because there are so many people who are dying waiting for transplants. Now, what else are they going to do? Pig kidney transplants. Sure, sure. Pig liver transplants. Yeah. You know? And and the only problem is going to be what's that? When they get home from the hospital, yeah, you're going to have to have a mud bath. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the problem. Dad just put a whole bunch of dirt in the bathtub, and he's and he rolling in and it. And he can't stop. 
Yes. You can't stop. I think I've seen this movie, and it doesn't end well. No. The pig pig turns to the pig farmer and says, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> why are you? But, you yeah. know, Arnold, no. If there no. is an Arnold Ziffa, we can't use him, okay? <laughs> we just can't. Arnold was too important. All right. Stage three is continuing in North Carolina. We still have numbers are high. We're very concerned. I, wherever you work, no doubt they've mandated masks. Yeah. Are they working? I believe in masks without all of the information in. And why? Because they might work. They yeah. probably work. And they don't hurt you. Sure. Now, if you got COPD and you can't breathe and you get a sense of suffocation on a mask, then don't wear one, uh-huh. okay? Because that's bad. But you and I and people who aren't sick, masks don't really necessarily hurt us. Now, do I wear a mask walking down the street with nobody around me? No. Yeah. Um, but when I go into Harris Teeter, which is my favorite pharmacy and grocery mm-hmm. store, I put on a mask. Now, can I, are we basing this on scientific data that proves masks work? No, we're not. Okay. Has have there been any studies? Yes, and this is what bothers me. Okay, is that people are saying if these masks work, okay, can't we prove it? So in Japan, they did a pretty good study. They randomized thousands of people, and what they found was that the masks definitely block coronavirus, but not perfectly. Okay. Now, Trump said the other day. That 70% of the people who got COVID recently were wearing masks. Now, that doesn't mean masks don't work because it could have been, you know, much worse. That's not what the study showed. The study just showed if you're wearing a mask, you can still get COVID. Uh What bothers me is this. Masks have become red versus blue. And I'm not talking about colors. They become, if you're a Democrat, blue. Yeah. Why isn't it red? Reds are commies, right? Anyway, if you're blue, you wear a mask. If you're red, you don't. Now, come on. Let's get away from that. Yeah. And yet, the New England Journal, what I call the newfangled journal of medicine, they're endorsing Biden. Okay? Now, there was a study done out of uh, a really reputable place in the Netherlands. Yeah. Actually, is it the Netherlands? One of those funky Denmark. Country. Denmark. Same thing. They're right next to each other. Holland. Yeah, Holland, Denmark. Anyway, <laughs> 6,000 people, 6,000. This is how you do a study. We've talked about this. 3,000 got masks, and 3,000 went faceless. Or not faceless, face maskless. <laughs> and guess what? What? They won't reveal the results because it was rejected by the New England Journal of Medicine. That was also rejected by the Journal of the American Medical Association and the British Journal, the Lancet. Yes. You know, I don't know why they call it Lancet. It, Lancet's what you pick, prick That's boils right. with. Anyway, the guys who are as part of the study are hinting, hinting, hinting. Yeah. It did not show that masks reduce the incidence of coronavirus. Now, why don't they just publish it? Why not? Because it's become red versus blue, Democrat yep. Versus Republican. We just want the truth. I mean, I the truth doesn't hurt. Yeah, I want you know? the truth. And the other thing, okay, Italy. Yeah. Italy decided we're going to follow what Fauci says. Masks are mandated in that country. Okay. And they've got six-foot social distancing. Yeah. They've still got phase three, which is no restaurant. I mean, no uh, gyms, you know, the things that you can't do that Fauci says you can't do. 
Right. What's happening in Italy now? I don't know. Explosion of cases. And so what I want to tell everybody here, and this is a political season, everybody's angry. This should have been prevented. We couldn't have had this done. Well, if we wanted to not have it, we should have done what Taiwan did. And it wasn't a lockdown, except of the susceptible people. Yeah. Everybody wore a mask. Everybody washed their hands. You know, if you, and they wore, and if you look at the cities in Taiwan, I mean, you're walking down the street, it's shoulder to shoulder. If you're in the subway, it's shoulder on top of shoulder. But what they did was they did extensive tracing, extensive testing. If you were positive, they locked you away for 14 days. And they had seven deaths. So these things can work. But in a society such as ours, such as Italy's, you know, right. buongiorno, give me a hug. Right. You know? Right. We are living that kind of life. And so I'm going to blame someone mm. for all this, but it's not a human being. Okay. It's called Mother Nature. And this is a virus. This is a disease. This is an infectious agent. Right. And unless we're going to live in the basement and not go outside and let our economy crumble, yeah. we're not going to make it as a country, and we're not going to stop this. So I recommend you wear a mask. I think right. it does reduce the incidence. But there's something else I recommend. What? And, and even though this is now just being studied, and even though topical disinfectants were supposedly laughed at because top President Trump wondered about them, mm-hmm. mouthwash. Really? Now, you remember Listerine, they, the, the FDA stopped them from saying it kills 99.9% of germs. Remember that? Yeah. They used to, they used to promote Listerine because it supposedly right. prevented cold. They never studied it. So the FDA refused to let them do it. But there's a lot of data that people who use mouthwash five, six times a day, and I do. Really? Because when I go into patients' rooms, I don't want to have bad breath, knock them out, and have sure. to do CPR. Sure. So I use mouthwash. Okay. And they say that it may prevent COVID spreading because it does kill the virus. I mean, it, it kills it dead, just like, you know, those, those insecticide things where the hammer comes down and kills the cockroach. Yes. Listerine does. So those types of, and, and peroxide mouthwashes too. Now, the other thing that may help, okay, is neti pot. Now, well, we've talked about that. That's a saline rinse, and you shove it up one nostril, and you squirt the water in, um, excuse me, the saline in, it comes out the other nostril, and it gets rid of the, the pathogens and the things in your nose, and one of them could be COVID-19. Now, the reason why I recommend those is because they don't hurt you. Yeah. Okay? Can I say for sure it's going to prevent COVID or by doing the neti pot, by doing the Listerine? No, but it doesn't hurt you, and right. there's evidence that it may help, just like masks. Okay. Okay, but they should publish that study. Yeah. The new, if you're listening, New England Journal of Medicine, publish it. We're going to talk about the fact that if your thighs are big, you might actually be healthier, which I didn't know. Thunder thighs. Here I went ahead and lost weight, and my thighs are not enormous anymore. So I've done some damage to myself. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, looking at food is the reason that you, you gain weight. Looking at food. I know people say, well, I don't know. It's looks and smells. I look at it, I smell it, and then the next thing I know, it's all over my face and the food's gone. That's logical. Yeah. But it actually has been proven. We're 
coming back in just a moment. Talking about that, listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. Call that number right now. We'll get you on the radio. If you're listening anytime other than Saturday, just afternoon, here is the anytime number, 919-745-7422. Number here, 919-860-9783. Who's in the shame category? Well, this, are we ready for Fauci Follies? We the, can be, yeah. We've yeah. Got, we got... So, I, I, you know, I like the guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he's clearly a Democrat, and he's clearly anti-Trump. You know how you know that? <laughs> how do you know? Because somebody asked him in a press conference, you're saying that the Amy Coney Barrett um, get-together was a super spreader event. Yeah. Okay, but what about the huge anti-Amy Coney Barrett march uh-huh. where most people weren't wearing masks? Is yeah. that, was that going to be a super spreader event? He changed the subject. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, come on, Anthony. Just say, yeah, that could have been. Okay. I mean, does that mean you're not going to be on the cover of Vanity Fair anymore? You know? <laughs> did you see that picture of him? I did. Sitting by the pool with his shades on. Come on. Be a scientist and be even-handed. Now, right. yeah. what did Fauci say? He said, oh, my God. We can't possibly not be transparent fully with the public. Even if they're going to panic and make a run on grocery stores and okay. take all the toilet paper. We can't possibly not be transparent. Right. You lost me. You, did he support, once again, we should have fibbed at the beginning? No. Because we I have shouldn't the, have fibbed. And shouldn't that, have he's, fibbed. He's criticizing Trump because of that Bob Woodard uh, interview yeah, yeah, where he yeah, said, yeah. yeah, we knew it was dangerous, but we didn't want to panic the country. All right. So well, he gets up and says, that's wrong. We should always be transparent. Okay, wait a minute. I've got an audio tape of him not being transparent about the whole mask thing. We did not want them to be without the equipment that they needed. Talking about so nurses. there was not enthusiasm Doctor. about going out and everybody buying a mask or getting a mask. We were afraid that that would deter away from the people who really needed it. So if you say, as he did at the beginning, no, don't buy masks. He not don't only said masks. that. Yeah. I mean, he was emphatic. Yeah, don't buy masks. He was saying masks don't help. He said, mm. you know, there's not going to prevent the spread. And yet he, he knew it. Okay. And he knew that masks would help, even though that's not proven yet. I believe it. Yeah. But why not just say, okay, masks help. Please don't take them from the healthcare workers. Uh-huh. Go to this website. Go to this XYZ place and learn how to make your own. Yeah. Because- that's what people did anyway. Right. I mean, I had these wonderful ladies in churches and all over the place coming and wearing masks and making masks. And they had, instead of spe- um, um, sewing bees, they had mask bees. And they would sit around, yeah. have fun, trade gossip, and there were masks. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're getting somebody ready to be on the air in just a great. moment. Um, the Heart Health Radio Network includes some great, great radio stations, including our flagship FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. I still have to look at the thing on the wall. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I, you know, hey, we're getting old and, and memories are failing. I can't remember your name. You're Fred, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's me. 
Yeah. No, I can't find the list of the other radio stations. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll get it. That's embarrassing. Listen, let's talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Well, actually, Marie is on. Hi, hi Marie. Thank you very much. Hello. Hey, baby. Hey, I haven't heard from you in on? a long time. I know. I got a, I just want to tell everybody. On, uh, I heard you say something about you, the uh, person that went into your office and they were born. Well, I have been checked from top to bottom with my heart, <laughs> and Dr. Weefall, it is in the best shape, and Good. I owe it to you. Well, and no, I, you know. I want to ask you, too, yeah. uh, about a drug, a lodipine, because I was told that they wanted me to keep taking it, that they could tell. Amlodipine? Uh-huh. Okay. That's a great medicine. It came out about 20 years ago. I was one of the first people to do it. It's called a calcium channel blocker. Now, what is that? A calcium channel in the muscles, and that includes the muscles of the arteries. Calcium channels can cause the arteries to constrict when they get activated. So there are about three or four different calcium channel blockers in different classes. And lodipine is really neat because it only affects the arteries of the blood vessels. So you take it, and if you have high blood pressure, mm-hmm. it relaxes those arteries in your body, so your blood pressure goes down. Okay. But what it also does, it relaxes the arteries in the heart, so the coronary arteries, so they relax and get better blood flow to your heart. So it's a great medicine. Um, if your new doctors have said to stay on it, I wanted you to stay on it, but they know you better now because you've been going to see them. Uh-huh. It's wonderful. And so one of the nice things about it, if you take a nitroglycerin product like isosorbide, those do the same things. They dilate the arteries. They can cause really bad headaches. Amlodipine can cause a headache, but it's pretty rare. So, yes, it's a good medicine. What are some of the other side effects of amlodipine? Swelling in the feet, especially on higher doses. So if you take 2.5 or 5 milligrams, which are low doses, right? If they work and lower your blood pressure or prevent you from having chest discomfort from blockages in the arteries, that's great. When you go to higher doses, your feet swell. And people associate feet swelling with heart failure. And so they think that their heart is failing. All that is from is that it's such a good dilator that those little, dilate, those little arteries in your feet and yeah. legs dilate and the fluid can leak out and you can get swelling in the feet. So, Marie, you're doing good overall. How's that pacemaker doing? Oh, it's doing great. And Bill's is, too. We both had them done within two good. weeks apart. Good. And the Dr. Picorni from Duke, do you know him? Who's that? Dr. Picorni. No, I haven't met him. Haven't had the privilege. Well, he's the one, the what's called electrician or whatever. <laughs> but he would go on your radio station if you would uh, uh, All right. if you call him. I'll find him. We always like to have people from Duke. Yeah, I told him when he was in there with me, I asked him <laughs> if he knew you, and he, uh, I think he told Bill that he had been down to your office one time. It's been a long time, but he is a Duke doctor. Yeah. And, well, uh, I have a reputation at Duke that's not always the best. I'm kidding. But we'll get, that, we'll get some Dukies on. Uh, yes, he would go on. He'd do anything he could to help you. Good. 
Well, I appreciate that. I just thought I would tell you about it. But for everybody out there listening, I was with Dr. Weefall 14 years. And he's every medication I'm on, they have not changed it. I changed because I was about 15 minutes from the hospital and the doctor sure. up here. And uh, oh, that's okay. Convenient to us. Yeah, she was one of the longest people in terms of driving. Marie, I'm so glad you called. Thank you very much. Have a great yeah, time. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Uh, we are on some great stations, including Sundays <laughs> at nine on Gold's Rose Greatest Hits, 98.3 FM. On the coast, Eastern North Carolina, Heart Health Radio and the Interbanks uh, radio stations, Interbanks Media, uh, Saturday at 2, except when there's Duke playing and then they put us Ah, before the game or after the game. Uh, Talk 96.3 and 103.7, one of those carries the Duke games. And, of course, on the Truth Network in Charlotte, Greensboro, Richmond, I lose track. They have many transmitters. We're so glad to be on the Truth Network And and the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. With me is Dr. Franklin Weefald, also Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. How you doing, Rose? Hey, Rose. Hey, fellas. How are you? Today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. All right. We're uh, we're stuck in this uh, phase 3 in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. And and what has it been kicked back for for three more weeks? Yeah, three more weeks. We'll stay in phase three. So this is where we've been, where there's reduced uh, attendance at places like restaurants. Uh, bars are really limited, uh, essentially, to folks who are outside. Um, theaters, uh, very, uh, what is it, 25%, 30% of folks can be in theaters. So it's a... It, it, it's where we've been. It's it's where we've been. And then masks. They're asking for folks to wear masks everywhere. Well, you so, know, Rose, I live in North Hills, and there are some uh-huh. prominent Raleigh bars there. And I'm telling you, when I get home on Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights, around 6, 7 o'clock, I mean, they're stepping out. I mean. Are they? Yeah. And, you know, the, it's the young women and the young men. Um, there's a bowling alley that's really sort of a fancy um, bar. It's a bowling alley bar. It's packed. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, are people, are they looking to see if they're behaving? Are the police going around? Are there, is there any, you know, um, supervision of these orders? Because it, I mean, it doesn't look like this, it to this me. Is, this is the challenging thing. A lot of things are sort of dictated by local sheriffs, for example. You yeah. know, and I, I don't know if you remember, but back in like June, the sheriff of Halifax County was like, well, we're not going to do any enforcement. Well, now he's changed his tune because six of his deputies have ended up with COVID. Wow. Um, so some of it has to do with local enforcement. I think what they've really what they've really tried to do, right, rather than having to have sheriff's deputies and police going out and giving somebody a ticket, what theoretically they're supposed to do is go to the owners of these places yeah. and say, you know what, you're kind of bending the rules. Um, and, uh, you know, a warning, um, you know. I think, like, I think you and I talked about this. Like, take away their liquor license, and that'll get, get yeah. people's attention. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it's. You know, I, I think I, I can understand the local police. Like, they don't want to be the hammer, but at the same time, who else is going to do the enforcement? Yeah, um, I'm certainly not going to say anything. 
But, you know, I, have you ever been to Cowfish? You know where that is? Ooh, that's a nice place. No. Yeah. No, so I'm here's the great thing about I think Cowfish is really following it. Um, and what they've got is a great system for getting food. So you have an online thing, yeah. and you order it, yeah. and it tells you exactly the time it's going to be done. Yeah. Now, I live three minutes away, so I just walk up there, put my mask on, and they hand me my food. But they have a car thing. They say, what car are you in? You park here at this time, and we'll bring you the food. And then— We got pizzas that way last weekend. Yeah. And then on the inside, I can see the tables are all spread out. Yeah. And then they have some outside seating. So, you know, there are people out there who are obeying the rules. Chewy's also does the same thing. Have you ever been there? It's a Mexican place in North Hills. Okay. Let me shout them out before our shout-out time um, and say that people are doing it right. Now, what do you you know about um, the death rates and the hospitalization rates? I hear they're going up. And our cases are are obviously going up. Tell us what you know. We've got um, almost 300 more people in the hospital around the state than we did on October 1st. So now it's up to just around 1,200 folks. The real hotspot areas is the what they call the Metrolina area. It's like it's uh, Mecklenburg and West, counties west like Gaston, Cleveland, Rutherford, Lincoln. That, that area has 283 hospitalizations today with 83 of those people in ICUs. Wow. And the other real hot spot is the triad, like the north triad. So it's like the Scythe County, Wilkes County, kind of north and west of there. And that has 303 people in the hospital wow. right now, and 100 of those are in ICUs. Wow. So had- there's definitely, you know, and that, that accounts for two-thirds of the ICU in those two areas, two thirds. Mm-hmm. Now, what's well, the demographic? One hundred and eighty-three out of three hundred and three people total in yeah. ICUs in the state. What's the demographics? So, uh, do you know? Is it a particular ethnic group that has more? Do we know, um, or we just don't know? Uh, you know, it is. I have not had a chance to really dig into the demographics. If you ask me that next week, I will. I will make okay. a point of looking. Because um, I know, I'm, yeah, in the summer it was seventy percent Hispanic. So I'm just wondering well, what's I'm, going on now. I'm looking at this now. Oh wow, the, the the Department of Health and Human Services now has their daily trend of reported newly admitted patients, and really the majority of them are white. Um, so yesterday there was a total of it looks like 150, and 81 of them were white. Uh, 42 African American, and then um, probably not a lot of Hispanics uh, in the past couple days. So okay. it's really white folks, and you know, if you and if to listen to what the secretary says, it there's no sort of one hotspot these days. It's really people who are kind of like, yeah, I just like managed to do it all summer. I can see my family, and then yeah. Yeah. someone and, who might have it, yeah. and then boom, right. Rose, thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, I want everybody go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. Did I say that right? You did. Thank you so much. And, and they, you know, they take donations. And you can also sign up for a newsletter, which arrives in your email box. Check the, scam, the spam section because it always ends up in my spam section. Um, but You have it, to whitelist our I get a whitelist you? Um, Okay, I'll whitelist okay. you if I can. I'm now I got to check with the HR people uh, before I do that. But all right, thank you, Rose.
Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, now I got to whitelist them on the email. I don't even know how to do that. No, I don't either, but I'll figure it out. Rose really? will, I'll call Rose. We'll figure it out. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. I want to talk about this thing that NASA built. Oh, my God. That is so great. Well, you know, the thing we've talked about is smells. So what's a breathalyzer? Yeah. Okay, so a breathalyzer measures the amount of expelled gases from the alcohol yes. that was in your body and gets digested and uh-huh. puts out this noxious stuff. And so it, it's got an electronic gauge, and it says, uh-oh, there's the chemical. It puts out a electrical signal, and it comes out as a number. Yeah. Well, they thought, well, wait a minute. You know, cancer puts out these noxious organisms. I'm not organism chemicals. Yeah. So does strep throat. Sure. And so we've for a long time known that Fido, the dog, can yeah. smell COVID. Right. He can smell cancer. And so why not make an electronic device, a breathalyzer? Yes. And they did it. Wow. And it's picked up all sorts of diseases. And so, you know... I might get one, and you come into my office, and I have you breathe into it and say, "Uh uh-uh, can't come in. You've got strep throat. But more so than that, and not joking, I mean, it's a tremendous um, advance where we can find these things out and then investigate them. Now, they're going to be false positive. That's one of the problems. And then they're going to be false negative. So they're going to have to fine-tune this to get it right. I still say they should go with dogs. I mean, if I had the money— yeah, I would create a company, and I would train thousands of dogs to sniff out COVID, to sniff out cancer. Yeah, and I think it would work. I really do. Now, I was I flew for the first time. Yeah. Okay, and they had a COVID dog. Really? Yes. COVID sniffing dog. They had dog. a COVID dog. Not they had one dog for the bombs. Yeah. And I said, "What's the other dog for?" And he says, "Believe it or not, COVID." Wow. At our, I mean, this is a big advance, and that was at RDU. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. They had a COVID dog. That's good. And and they're friendly, too. They're much friendlier than cats. Right. You're no never COVID gonna, cats. Never going to get a COVID. Could you, you imagine know? what they would do? No, 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 no. They would do nothing. Oh, you're going to die. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> they'd turn around and walk away. That's and right. they'd be laughing behind yeah. your back. <laughs> All right, listen, let's talk about this uh, heavy thigh thing. Yep. Heavy thighs are indicative of what kind of blood pressure? Low. So if you, so low blood pressure, as long as it's not too low, that's that's healthier, isn't it? Than high blood pressure. Well, you know, the American Heart Association is doing something that I don't recommend, and that's they're saying we want even lower blood pressure than we've had our guidelines. One forty over ninety uh-huh. and below was supposed to be good. Now they want it one twenty. Even some are saying one ten. Now you come into my office. And usually the blood pressures are a little high. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm one of the only doctors. I, has your doctor ever checked your blood pressure? I, you know, own? mine did. You're kidding. Yeah, he did. What now, a great guy. Yeah, great. This is the cardiologist I saw the other day. And, and here's name? the thing. You're going to shout him out. You know, he, I can't, we we can't, allowed to. I've forgotten his name. Oh, my God. Only saw him once. But here's the thing. He's not my dementia doctor. It's somebody else. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> here's the thing. It was high. And when the nurse checked it, and 15 minutes later, when he got in there, okay. he checked it. Then he ch- and what he did is he changed the arm cuff, uh-huh. and he said, "Well, we're going to go with a bigger arm cuff." That is a key thing. Yeah. If you have big arms, okay, and your doctor says your blood pressure is high because yeah. they took it with the standard automatic one, right? Say, doc, I want you to check it with a larger cuff, and you know <laughs> he's probably going to say, "Yeah, 
I haven't done that in years. I have done that since residency. He he was a young guy. Uh, maybe my wife will send me the the uh, name. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was we'll good that he out. did that. We shout him out because I was taking a blood pressure the other day at a new patient. She says, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I said, "I'm taking your blood pressure." She says, "Don't you have somebody you pay to do that?" <laughs> I mean, come on. So you were making the point about yeah. So thunder thighs are associated with a lower blood pressure. Oh. Now, what's not what? is fat around the belly. Oh, well, forget so, it then. So this doesn't mean necessarily that you go out and gain weight so your thighs get big. No. But it tells us something about body shapes and why things may be connected to one another. The answer is we don't know. But this is a good thing to think about, that you know, body habitus and shapes are associated with trends of certain conditions. So if you have large thighs... You can walk around proud and say, my blood pressure is probably lower than yours. Okay. Okay. All right. My wife has uh, texted me three times because autocorrupt keeps trying to change his name to something else. Autocorrupt? Yeah. Auto- <laughs> oh, I get it. It's the it's the spell check feature. He's Dr. Mertz. And he's Mertz? with- Could be Mertz. M-A-R-T-Z is how okay, it turned Mertz. out. Okay, Mertz. Who's he with? But the, um, uh, I, I asked- North Carolina Heart and Vascular? No, uh, no. Uh, Wake Med Heart and Vascular? Wake Med. Wake Med. Awesome group. Yeah. Awesome group. Um, I use uh, those people. I refer to them all yeah. the time. So you got a good doc. Is that Dr. Silver's group? Yeah. 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 He, uh, so okay. he checked my blood pressure, but he scheduled me for a test. We're yeah. going to talk about that. Yep. If we have time, and our telephone number, Lord you know, mercy. the line is open, 919 860 9783 on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down. People who listen to this radio program, we love you. Yeah. Well, you make us want to shout. Yeah, and, and John Bird and my office yes. make me want to shout. Um we talked about COVID deaths, but, you know, there's so much COVID morbidity and mortality. That's not COVID. That's because so many people were afraid to go to the doctor to get COVID. Right. And they started having problems. They said, ah, it'll get better. There's also children mm-hmm. who needed emergency heart surgery, but they stopped transporting patients for fear of COVID. Right. And there's some babies in Mexico who died waiting surgery. It's sad. Well, John came to my office after six months. Wait, and by the way, I did get permission for him from him to talk about this, right. and he was having a little bit of chest discomfort, not that bad. And I started doing a stress test, and boy, he got bad quick. Really pale, what we call diaphoretic, sweaty. Gave him a nitro, blood pressure plummeted, but my office staff were great, mm-hmm. and and they just organized themselves. We got the bed out, we lifted him up, put him in the bed, raised his legs. Uh, my tech got an IV in uh, right away. Well, he had an IV, but we hung the fluids. Yeah. And he got better. Uh, it was a scary situation, but everybody handled it well. And, you know, when I was a resident, they taught me something when I would get real excited during a medical emergency. Yeah. And and guy pulled me over and said, a little less Woody Allen, a whole lot more Clint Eastwood. And really? so everybody had the... You know, the, the quiet, calm demeanor. Nobody shot anybody, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. shout out to John. John's at Weight Med. He's doing better. Wow. He's going to get fixed. But if you have heart problems or if you have any kind of problem, if your doctor is, you know, practicing safe uh, um, 
you know, measures enough. Go. Yeah. Don't wait. Get yourself checked so you don't get bad. A hundred, we have 320,000 excess deaths, of which 220 are COVID and another 100,000 are heart attacks that shouldn't have happened, are suicides. Uh, because people are so depressed about losing their jobs and right. losing their lives. Right. Go to your doctor. Marcy and Garner, we're glad you called us up on 919-860-9783. How are you doing, Marcy? I'm trying to hang in like everybody else. Good I'll for you. you. Just along with Dr. Weefald's last comment, Dr. Weefald, I have to say, I mean, I've been with you three different times. You are truly, and this is not a pun on words here, you are truly a man with a big heart. You really are. I wish more people, let alone doctors, could be as upfront as you are and just basically a decent human person and a man full of knowledge. My question for you, talk about being nervous and everything like I am right now on the phone. Marcy, I want you not to be nervous. You're among friends here. All right. What does a person, a patient do if you've seen a doctor that you really liked and then life hits? as we know people in many different ways, and you go to see somebody else that you really prefer, the original doctor, but you're afraid to go back. Oh, this has happened to me a bunch of times. Let me tell you about personal choice. And doctors who are, are kind and generous and good know that patients sometimes will get a second opinion and not tell their doctor because they're afraid. You're going to hurt the doctor's feeling. So I've had patients that I've quote-unquote lost, and they've gone to other doctors. For example, um, the caller earlier, Marie. Yeah. And Marie went to another doctor, and she came back. And I was happy to have her back. Now, she has gotten a little um, more in a situation where it's more difficult for her to drive from Raleigh to Smithfield. Right. So, But, hey, that's cool. And, and so if, if there's a doctor you went to and you've left and now you want to go back, that doctor will accept you with open arms. And the doctor whom you're leaving should be understanding. And it's a personal choice. And what I tell the patients is that my practice is not about me. It's about the patient. It's about and what they want. And that, that comfort level, that personal choice level is as important as anything else. So don't worry. I mean, you sound like a, a really, really good, warm, kind, good-hearted individual. Just do what is in your heart, and, and God will see you through, and, and everybody will be happy. And the most important person in a patient-doctor relationship is the patient. And so don't worry about that at all. And thank you for what you said. Um, most of my friends would disagree with you, but... Um, <laughs> I re- you, got, you brought a tear to my eye, and I love you. Thank you. See you soon, doctor. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you, Marcy. I God do bless. appreciate Bye-bye. you being on the radio program. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. We're going to talk about looking at food. Looking at food makes you want to eat it. And get fat. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a study that I would have yeah, so let me, enjoyed the, participating in. that I know yeah. from my daughter. Yeah. Um, we adopted her from China, and we were feeding her American food. And she was like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. And then one day, we went out and got takeout Chinese. Yeah. Now, she's 11 and a half months. I put rice, uh, you know, I use chopsticks because uh-huh. I know how to do it, on, on some chops. And the look on her face 
was like <laughs> salivation city. And she was excited yeah. and happy just looking at the rice. So you know why restaurants make it look so good? I mean, if you put a yeah. plate of spaghetti in front of me mm-hmm. with about four meatballs and red sauce, yeah. I mean, I get excited. And I want to eat the whole thing yeah. even though I'm not hungry enough to eat the whole thing. Right. It's a taste. It's a texture. But it's also what you look at and what you smell. Mm-hmm. And so here's the key thing. You can make your food look good. But not only do you want to do the no-no thing. I mean, if you want to have a plate of spaghetti once a week or once every two weeks, that's fine. Portion control. Yeah. And the other thing that you can do to enjoy your food and not make you want to eat as much mm-hmm. is slow mm. eating. Don't. Take such big bites. If you find Small yourself, bites. you find yourself never putting down the fork. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's a bad strategy. The worst thing is that you know there's a plate of it. I mean, a pot of it left on the stove. Right, right. And so it's called you know discipline, <laughs> but it's also tricks you can do to make it so you don't want to eat as much. So when we talk about no, no, no sugar, no white flour, no uh, white potatoes, no white rice. Yeah. It means that you cut back on the carbs, but I, I, I've left out portion control, and I've left out how hard it is. I mean, I, I cut back on smoking, but I haven't quit because it's hard. Yeah. And I've cut back on eating um, the things I, I don't want to eat or shouldn't eat, and it's yeah. hard. So it's an everyday struggle, but you can do it. Got a question about my situation. Yeah. You, you're not my doctor, but you, I can ask you about my medicine. Sure. Because you prescribe for other people. Right. I am on... Metaprofol. Metaprolo. Yeah, exactly. And lisonopril. Yes. Or something like that. All right. Why am I on two blood pressure medicines? Why would a person be on two blood pressure? So you're not necessarily on two blood pressure medicines. You're on two heart medicines, too. Okay. So lisinopril is what we call an ACE inhibitor. It it inhibits angiotensin converting enzyme in your body, which, which leads to a cascade where your arteries constrict. That's a good, good medicine. But not only that, for a lot of reasons, it for heart patients who've had heart surgery or heart stents, yeah, it preserves their hearts. It helps okay. them work better. Now, metoprolol is a blood pressure medicine for some. It's a beta blocker, so it helps prevent the heart and the arteries from getting too excited. But that also helps your heart. So there are a lot of people who've had stents, who have cholesterol buildup. They're on both. Yeah, and it's not because they need both for blood pressure. But the doses are adjusted so the blood pressure doesn't get too low. But the beta blocker, metoprolol, helps yeah. calm the heart so it doesn't get too excited okay. and use up more energy. Lisinopril keeps the blood pressure under control, but it also helps the arteries and the heart muscle stay healthy. In my home, we label the top of the, yeah. the cap. H. I got BP. I got all these things. <laughs> my wife has got a bottle that says acid. <laughs> don't eat that. Oh, takes, I get it. She takes it for a bad stomach. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I'm well, just saying. I tell you, I'd look at that and I go, uh, I'm not drinking that. I got too many BP yeah. bottles. Yeah. All right, that's it. No way. We are Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.